wanted to be able to uh, share a bit about this fourth Sunday in Advent with all of you. Sorry I wasn't able to be here last week, uh, but you would not have wanted to hear all the coughing that was happening at the time. Whatever was in the air, uh, I managed to catch that also. So fortunately though, feeling a lot better, and much better than it was last weekend instead of this weekend. So. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what it is to abide in love. See, this is the fourth season of Advent. And with this season is that we celebrate something that we oftentimes take for granted. But it's deeper than we may realize. It can also end up changing things more than we realize. But it's also even more powerful than we realize. And I need to make sure that I start off by explaining to all of you something that is called Jason time. See, Jason time is the idea that whatever the event may be, Jason is going to be there half an hour late. Okay? And the joke is, is that I'm also even late to my own parties. So, um, yeah, which uh, I may or may not have uh, needed uh, other people to put my own ornaments on my tree for me. So, uh, which by the way, they did a much better job than I would have done, uh, although there were a couple where I think they didn't realize that those were stock photographs that they were putting on there. It's like, that's, that's, not, that's not me, but that, that's okay. But yeah. with it though, is the thing about Jason time is that in my mind is that I'm always trying to make sure that I get more done, okay? The reason why it is that I oftentimes have difficulty getting out of the house is because in the back of my mind is constantly thinking, how many things were I supposed to get done before I left? Did I do the uh, laundry? Did I put the dishes in the dish machine? Or whenever I'd be going up to see my sister and I used to live in Baytown and she was in Cyprus, that's like an hour drive, okay? That is not just a short little jaunt in the neighborhood. So basically it's like, okay, what all am I going to need with me? Do I need to have books that I'll be reading when I go to say hello? If I get tired and I don't want to drive all the way back, do I have extra clothing? It was this whole rigmarole, and then all of a sudden I realized I was supposed to be there now, and I haven't even left. And it would become almost a little bit of a game, is that I would get in the car and I'd drive two or three minutes down the road, and then that way I could at least text my sister and say, Hey, I'm on the way! Hit really bad traffic in my driveway. Um, <laughs> and with it is, is this whole idea of no matter what, though, all I needed to do was just go. I didn't need to be worried about a million other things. All I had to do was just be there. See, that's all my sister and my brother-in-law wanted, was just for me to come and hang out. We'd play some games or eat some food or something like that, and it'd be fine. But in my mind, it turned into this huge thing of what I needed to turn it into in order to be successful visit in my mind. And, and oftentimes, I'll sometimes do that with setting up for, for parties. But uh, fortunately, enough people know me by now that we've already got the routine down. I'll make sure that I clean everything up. All of y'all, bring the food. You don't expect me to cook for everybody, no. 
plus they cook a lot better than I do. With it, though, is oftentimes this idea of just experiencing the love of other people, it can be difficult to lose sight of that in the midst of everything else. And I need to tell you about uh, a character that is really well known and embodies so much of what love is meant to express in the scripture. That's right, I am wanting to talk to you about King Ahaz. Uh, wait, y'all don't know King Ahaz right off the bat? Y'all don't know everything about... Oh, okay, fine. Alright, let me explain to you a little bit about who he is, okay? So, King Ahaz was a terribly corrupt and horrible king in, in, in Judah. Now, one of the things to know back then is that they'd already split in the kingdom. You had Israel up here in the top and Judah down here at the bottom. But see, the difficulty came in that all these countries had this way of trying to take turns fighting each other, competing with each other. And the big bully at the time was Assyria. Now, you see, there were a couple different kings that were there. We had uh, Rezin from Syria. We had Pekah from Israel. Uh, Pekah had actually uh, just killed off the previous king of Israel in order to make sure that he took over. Really, really nice guy. Definitely somebody that you want at your Christmas shindig. So with it, though, is that as they're over there trying to resist Siglath-Pileser III from Assyria, they come to Judah and they said, we want you to connect, we want you to ally yourself with us, okay? We can all team up and we'll resist Assyria, okay? Now here's the difficulty with that, okay? Is that to do that, you would also have to practice certain religious festivals and events together. You'd actually have to make sure you're also doing things at your altars that are the same way. The altars of other countries were not the kind of altars you wanted to go to. They weren't just sacrificing animals necessarily. And on top of that, some of the festivals and celebrations may or may not have involved uh, people of ill repute, if you will. The thing is, is that Judah wasn't supposed to participate in those types of practices. And Isaiah went to Ahaz and said, don't. Don't get involved in those other countries. All this stuff is going to be okay. Just don't get involved. Just don't be a part of it. See, it turns out that the passage that talks about the child being born of the virgin and that his name will be Emmanuel, or God with us, turns out originally was in the context that Ahaz was going to have a descendant, Hezekiah. And before Hezekiah grew up, those other countries would already be done. They'd already be out of the picture. So don't get involved in those countries. They're not even going to matter much longer anyway. But just let God be God. Except then, the king decided to team up with Assyria because, well, they're powerful enough and I might as well just go ally myself with them. Except then Assyria would end up making them their subjects for decades. See, the difficulty with this is that oftentimes 
we're looking for someone or something that can impress us and hopefully to impress others, which can oftentimes feel like the name of the game at Christmas time. What's the next biggest thing that we can try to have or experience or get or even give so that this becomes a bigger and bigger deal? But you see, it was more than just even the times of Ahaz. It ended up actually being Hezekiah as well. See, it turns out Hezekiah actually was a pretty good king by and large. He actually did end up coming along and reforming almost the entire kingdom. He made sure that the altars were just being dedicated to God. He ended up making sure that their practices were things that God was happy with. He made sure that there was justice and compassion, and they started following all the laws that God had wanted for the people. Except there was one little difficulty. You see, it turns out that when Assyria came, and Hezekiah was resisting them, and he was finally able to say, I don't need to give in, I don't need to give in, and finally Assyria backed off, and they went back home. Except then Hezekiah goes to Babylon, and lets them come and look at everything in the kingdom. And then Babylon ends up taking over Judah. Trying so hard to be impressive to the wrong people. And he ended up getting himself into trouble. I, I ended up feeling that way a, a little bit toward the end of the party on, on Friday. Uh, you know, most everybody had left. Right? Everybody was kind of gone, and they had left all of their food and cookies and everything else there. Thanks a lot, everybody. Oh, my word. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you see 10 pounds extra on Pastor Jason next week, you'll know why. But uh, the, the, the cookies are. I love that. With it, though, is that part of the conversation was joking a little bit about how most of the people that were there were from the church. And there was a joke, like, yeah, I think we've had pretty much everybody invited us to your church, Jason. And I'm like, hey, that's good by me. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But then the conversation started going toward a lot of these other churches that were in the area. And a lot of them, they're, like, they're big and they're fancy and they've got lots of stuff going on. Except the difficulty is that that's not what they were known for in that conversation. They were known for... This pastor ended up cheating on his wife and then went to go start another church over here and that pastor ended up getting a higher salary by changing churches from here to go over to there and all these different things and I'm just sitting there like, but these are the same churches that you're probably still going to go to and we're going to sit here on Sunday morning and just... There might be laughter that we invited you to come on a Sunday morning because, huzzah, we don't have any big controversies happening in the same way here. We, in many ways, the big focus has been exactly what it's supposed to be. God loves you, and we're called to love other people. See, that's not glittery. It's not sexy. It's not one of those fancy things that's easily put up in a banner. And it's not something oftentimes that people end up making a huge ruckus about down at, you know, an old basketball arena. 
The thing is that following after God and just loving God is sometimes really just that straightforward. I think we sometimes take that for granted when we also hear about the Christmas story. In, in Matthew 1, we end up seeing that sometimes the nothing is what ends up leading to something. It says in there, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. I, I think we don't realize how many ways in which Joseph and Mary could have messed it up. It could have been that Joseph would have said, you know what? I don't know what's, all, what, what's going on with all this drama. Look, she said that she's pregnant from God. I don't know how oftentimes somebody says that. That seems a little fishy. I don't really feel like dealing with this. Look, let's just, let's just let this marriage thing go. I'll go back to my life. You go do yours. That's great. Or how many times in which Joseph's family may have paused and said, are you really sure you want to go through with this? Or even beyond that, what would have made the most sense if, if, if well, Mary is going to be found with a child? Well, then what would make the most sense? Go get married and go make sure that you go have a kid. Come on, let's hurry up. Let's make this happen. Wouldn't that have made so much more sense? Just speed it up. Make sure it all works out the way it's supposed to. The thing is, is that oftentimes we're spending so hard trying to push to make sure that we get where we think we're supposed to go that we miss out on what God is actually doing right here and right now. See, that's the thing about this, is that all of this happening was something amazing is happening, and you get to be a part of it. Isn't that something that we take for granted oftentimes as the church? There's something amazing happening right now, and you get to be a part of it. The thing is, is that loving God and loving your neighbor, it can easily get fall by the wayside. It can be something that we lose track of in the midst of everything else. But when we end up looking at the story of Mary and Joseph, they didn't actually do anything. It was all what was happening to and through them. But you see, that's the thing about love. Is that love can end up being the greatest weapon to try to tackle all of the issues that we see around us. And yet it's the one thing that we end up taking the most for granted. We end up losing track of the fact that this is the very way in which we make God, no. It says in 1 John 4, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in, and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. There was nothing special that Judah had to do. Just be God's people, day in, day out. But that by itself ends up being more powerful 
when you are surrounded by all of these nations and all these countries and all these peoples, all these kingdoms, where their big purpose is to try to figure out whom to conquer, what to make known about their fame. And you have a one people group who manages to keep their land just so that they live the way God wanted them to live. That's also the biggest thing that we have for the world that's around us. See, that's the thing about Christmas, is that more than anything is that the world needs to believe that there is actually love. They don't need to see that we've got the glitter down. They don't need to see that we've got the fanciness down. They don't need to see all the other things. They need to see the same thing that we've been showing for thousands of years. Is that God loves you and that we love one another. We're finishing up this calendar year. And this is the time when people make all sorts of New Year's resolutions. And people want to come up with all sorts of different new ideas about whatever it is that they need to take on, this, that, or the other. I personally think that I need a little bit better wardrobe. Apparently, I don't know the difference between a fleece and a merino wool, uh, but I will work on that, apparently. But the thing is, is that it's the exact same resolution that we've always had, is to live out the gospel to the world around us. I don't know what it is right now that's living out inside of you. I don't know what characteristics come up the most inside of you. What it is that's in your heart whenever you see the people around you and the struggles that they face. But what I do say to you is this. Is that God himself is present with us. And his being with us is the only thing that will make that difference for us and for the world around us. So this Christmas... We get ready for all the hot chocolate and everything else in between and opening up all the presents and figuring out whether or not we got exactly what we wanted and whether or not the receipts and size we can switch it for the size that we actually need. Hopefully also let's make sure we remember that the greatest gift is truly God's Son given to us. May His love be the thing that changes us and changes our world. Thanks be to God.